It has been so long since I've seen live faces, and it's so much better than looking at boxes on the screen on Zoom, isn't it? Give me a thumbs up if you like this space. So good to see you guys. My name is Red Sevilla. I'm the launch pastor of the New Life Fellowship Church in Long Island, which it's a new community that's recently started. And, you know, um, just as a comment on what happened here with, with Priscilla when when she said yes and we prayed for her, you know what my sense is today? Um, my sense is that there will be others in this room today who will be saying yes as well. Not so much to go into Indonesia, but simply embracing the purpose that God has for you. That's the sense that I got today. And so today I'm looking forward to this talk. We're, we're still in Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 18, going to verse 21, and the title of this talk is Our Purpose and the Revealing of the Children of God. Our Purpose and the Revealing of the Children of God. And this, in this series, we've been talking about what it means to be risen with Christ. And you know what this really means? It really means the answer to this question. What does it mean to have this new identity? What does it mean to to be the new you because you are united with Christ. And so at the beginning of the series, we talked about how being united with Christ means that there is no condemnation from God. Doesn't that sound good? There is no condemnation from God because Jesus Christ took that condemnation for us. And then last week, fantastic message by Pastor Sharon when she talked about overcoming fear as a true child of God. And then today... I'd like to go a little bit further and talk about the answer to this question that you see on the screen. What is the purpose of this new identity in Christ anyway? How would you answer that? This new identity that you have in being united with Christ, what's, that, what's its purpose? What's the goal of this new you in this world? This is really important for us because once we understand how we respond to that question, we actually discover God's purpose for us. You discover what you were made for. And so let's go to Romans chapter 8. You can read here with me, starting in verse 18, going into 21. This is Paul. These are Paul's words. He says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory, glory that will be within us. Sounds like I'm in and out. It's always great having Rich nearby. <laughs> it's always good to have Rich nearby. <clears throat> and so Romans, Romans chapter 8, it reads... I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. So today I'm going to touch on and unpack that glory in a few moments. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. We're going to touch on that as well, this, this revealing of the children of God. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of one who subjected it, in hope that creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay, 
will be freed from its bondage to decay. Beautiful language here, and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. And so in Paul's words here, I think it's really sobering that he starts off this passage talking about present sufferings. And the reason why I think that's sobering is because of all the aspects of this new you, of all the aspects of this new identity that you have, you and I, we are not exempt from present sufferings. In Romans chapter 8, he actually lists a few types of these sufferings. He talks about hardship at the end of chapter 8, persecution, famine, he talks about. He mentions danger and sword. And so I, I, I wonder for you today, as you come into this space, what kind of sufferings are you presently experiencing? I think it's good and healthy just to at least name it, at least in your mind. Have you experienced a recent death in the family? Is there a joblessness because of this pandemic? Is there sickness in the family because of aging? You see the sufferings in the world because of global warming and its after effects. There's a racial injustice that we see, and then there's war. And so our talk today is really significant. It's really important because even in the midst of suffering, there is still a purpose for you. There is still a purpose for us as followers of Jesus Christ. And that purpose is actually linked to this future glory that's in verse 18. Our purpose is linked to this future glory in verse 18. And so this is where a little sketch will be really helpful. There's a future glory that I'll unpack in a moment, and we will discover that our purpose, even in the midst of suffering, is tied to this future glory. And when I talk about this future glory, we absolutely need to be able to remind ourselves of the significance of the next slide of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which is what this series is named after anyway. And so at first I'm going to talk about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, how that links to this future glory, and then through that we will discover our purpose in it. And so the resurrection of Jesus Christ first. It's arguably the most amazing event in all of human history. And not, not so much because he rose from the dead. I mean, that's amazing in itself. But also, this is what's really significant about the resurrection. He is the only leader who not just rose from the dead and resurrected, he is the only leader who actually predicted, he predicted his own death and resurrection. And so in other words, the words of Jesus Christ are true. That's what, one of the reasons why this is such an amazing event. Another couple of reasons. When he resurrected, a new day dawned. There was this new reality that he introduced. And that reality is that death no longer is a dead end. This new reality that says death no longer has the final word. That's the new reality that he introduced. And now, if his words are true, his words are also true about the future when he says, I will make all things new. That's what he says in Revelation chapter 21. I will make all things new. That's what he says. And that's what the resurrection proclaims. 
I love how Pastor Tim Keller describes uh, the resurrection. And it's a really fascinating angle. He says, the resurrection is not just a stupendous magic trick. It's an invasion. It's an invasion. And so if you're like me, I'm asking an invasion. An invasion of what? What is the resurrection a sign of it? An invasion of what? And so it's actually, it's an invasion of the restorative power of heaven found in Christ, present on earth. That's what it's an invasion of. It's the restorative power of heaven found in Christ, now active and present on earth. And you guys, you guys know, know this because you yourselves have experienced this restoration, this restorative power of Christ, haven't you? Aren't there parts of your lives that was experiencing woundedness or brokenness, and yet there was this restorative power of Jesus Christ that invaded your life? Isn't that true? You've experienced this. There was part of your life that was in brokenness and disrepair. You were feeling far from God, and yet there was this invasion of the restorative power of Jesus Christ from heaven, present and active here on earth. This is what the resurrection proclaimed, and it has an effect on you even today. And this is not just limited to you as individuals. His words are true even throughout all creation when he says, all things will be made new. And this is something that you see in this passage in verse 21 when it says that there will be a liberation, creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay. This is the future glory that the resurrection was forecasting. This is the future glory that the resurrection was signaling. It's the creation itself will be liberated, this freedom from its bondage to decay. And so that's what the resurrection of Christ was signaling for us. And so let me just give you a couple of examples of this future glory. And I think some of this will be uh, such good news to many of you, this future glory, that global warming and environmental decay will be no more. That's a part of this future glory. Sickness and death will be no more. Future glory. Injustice will be no more. Traffic will be no more. Somebody say amen. Food deserts in neighborhoods in New York City, will be no more. All things, hear the words of Jesus Christ, all things will be made new. And now some of you might be thinking, or you might friends who might hear this and say, you know, that just sounds too much like a fairy tale. Really? Do you have friends that might say that? Or maybe you in this room, you're saying that to me even now. One big fairy tale. And yet, might I ask you to consider that maybe that these aren't just points of a fairy tale. Because even in you here, don't you have this longing? Don't you have this longing to see the end of injustice? Don't you see this longing to see the end of sickness and death and suffering? Don't you have that longing that's inside of you? And yet, could it be that that longing is really just like a hunger pang for future glory? Just like you have hunger pangs because those hunger pangs are an, 
are a sign of the existence of food, maybe these longings are actually hunger pangs for the existence of this future glory. Could it be? And so I want to give a quick story about how this, how an event could signal a future glory because this connection between an event and a future glory is when we can discover our purpose. And so the story actually relates to this picture you see on the screen. And so if you see this in your neighborhood, I doubt that you will erupt in joy. But this picture was taken at the Gowanus Canal in Brooklyn. And these are dredging buckets. And this is a junkyard car that's being picked up by one of those buckets. And so what's happening here is at the Gowanus Canal. And the Gowanus Canal is one of the most contaminated bodies of water, not just in New York City, but in the whole nation. Guess how many years this Gowanus Canal in Brooklyn has experienced neglect and contamination. Just guess how many years. A hundred plus years. A hundred plus years of dumping and neglect. Now, check out some of the list of things that were discovered at the bottom of this canal. You ready? Pesticides, raw sewage, sunken junkyard cars, just like that left picture says, shows. Brown fecal matter that rises to the top, releasing contaminants in the air. Somebody say gross. That's what it is. And so how would you feel if you were living in this neighborhood? How would you feel if generations of your family were living in this neighborhood? And so you can imagine the joy that the people at this area felt when they saw this site. When they saw this site, these dredging buckets, they knew that it was the work, this, this work of decontamination by scooping up all that sludge at the bottom of the canal. And so when they, was, they saw this site, the neighborhood practically erupted in joy. And the reason why they erupted in joy, because this event signaled a future neighborhood that was new. This event signaled a new waterfront. It signaled a future glory. And so there's one resident, actually, who calls this site. She's a local leader, and she called it a visual of the new future. She called it this, this visual of the new future. And so here's the connection to the resurrection. Just as when they saw this visual come up out of the water and it signaled this new world or this new future for that neighborhood, when the body of Christ came up out of the tomb, it was also a visual. It was a signal of a new future. Just as this bucket came up out of the water signaled a new neighborhood, the body of Christ coming out of the tomb signaled this new world, this new future, this future glory. And so when we, when we look at this, we not only see that this visual, this, this power, this, this work that's taking place, because, again, of the restorative power of Jesus Christ, it, the resurrection of Jesus is not just a signal for a new future. It's actually also a signal for a new you. 
the resurrecting power, this restorative power of the resurrection is not just for a new world in the future. It's actually also for a new you for today. And you guys know this because you've, you've seen this resurrecting power at work. It doesn't only signal a new world for the future. It also signals a new you for today because the restorative power of the resurrection is at work in you. Now, hold up, hold up for a second. So does that mean if the restorative power of heaven is at work in the resurrection, if that restorative power is also at work in me, so does that mean that I'm a visual as well? If the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is also a visual and that restorative power is also at work in me, then does that mean I'm a visual as well of this future glory? Yes! That's exactly right. You too are a visual of this future glory. And now this is where we begin to touch on our purpose when you begin to live out what that means to be that visual. And so check out this quote by the theologian N.T. Wright that brings this together. And so he writes that our task or our purpose, our goal, as image-bearing, God-loving, Christ-shaped, spirit-filled Christians, following Christ and shaping our world is to announce, it is to signal, it is to announce redemption to a world that has discovered its fallenness, to announce healing to a world that has discovered its brokenness, to proclaim love and trust to a world that knows only exploitation, fear, and suspicion. So here then is your purpose. And so just going back to that sketch, sketch for a moment. And so if the resurrection of Christ is this visual, it's a signal for the future glory, and that restorative power of Christ is in work as you as well, you too then are this visual. And when you live out this purpose of yours, this now is the revealing of the children of God. So that when, actually, when people actually notice you living out your purpose, they will say, who is that? Why do they live like this? And the reason why they're asking that is because it's the revealing of the children of God that's talked about in Romans chapter 8. And so some examples here. There are some of you ha that have walked in protest marches in light of the racial injustice in the U.S. And so when children of God fight for justice, you live as visuals, signaling future glory with all the fullness of justice. This is the revealing of the children of God. When you as children of God, you bring healing. Maybe it's in the, in healing in the context of your workplace. Or maybe it's the healing in the context of your home or maybe in the context of your block. You're actually this signaling this future glory when all sickness is eliminated. And sometimes there, there are many of you here, you pray for one another who are hurting. And so even when you put your hand on the shoulder of a neighbor that might be hurting, you're serving as a visual. You're signaling this future glory when all sickness will be eliminated. And so these are just simple examples of living out your purpose. And then I know that there are some of you who, who love to volunteer 
and you think that volunteering for the health center or the food pantry is just something that you want to do to take up some of your time. No! When you volunteer for the health center or the food pantry or some of these similar programs, you're actually signaling, you're, you're working as a visual, a signal of the future glory to come. When all sickness is gone, when every tear will be wiped away. But here's what happens. I think many of us resist. We resist serving and living out, being a visual on earth. We resist. Uh, there are some of you, you might have doubt about the purposes that God has for you. There are some of you, like Pastor Sharon shared last week, you're afraid. You know that there's something that God has for you, and yet there's fear. And then there might be some of you, you're simply, you're simply settling for what you have now instead of walking in for the more that God has in store for you. Can you identify with that? I notice those things in my own life. There could be doubt. There could be fear. Sometimes I'm settling. And I know this resistance in me, this doubt and fear and settling firsthand. So it was in quick story about how I became the, or how I, I was invited to be the launch pastor of this, of the New Life Fellowship Church in Long Island. It was in 2019 that I was invited to be able to lead this effort. And guess what came up in me? I said, no, I'm not going to do that. There was this doubt that came up. Am I really the one that's supposed to lead this effort? And th there was fear that came up. All these insecurities came up. Am I, am I able to uh, hold this congregation together? Uh, will people actually come? Or if they come, will they, will they stay? There, were the, there was this fear and insecurity that came up in me. And I'm actually thankful for this voice that continued to say, Red, this is your purpose in this season. And guess what I said to that voice? No! Can you identify with that? I ran. I said no. And so this is where I'm actually thankful for this fictitious, for this fictional uh, Marvel superhero character uh, called the Falcon. Because of the, even the present insecurity and fear that's in me that was actually addressed by this show. And I know some of you guys are saying, oh my goodness, not another Marvel superhero reference. <laughs> Talk to your lead pastor about it because he's the one that put me up to it. <laughs> but for those of you who love Marvel references, this is going to be a good one. Wow, look at you. And so in this, in this show, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, one of the storylines, one of the main storylines is the answer to this question, who will wield the shield? And so this is The Winter Soldier and the Falcon, Bucky and Sam Wilson. And the reason why the shield is now getting passed on is because the one who previously had it, Captain America, is now a senior citizen. And then he needs to be able to pass it on to somebody else. And so this is a big deal, y'all. And the reason why it's a big deal is because this shield, what this shield represents. It represents leadership. It represents strength. It represents a moral compass. It represents this fight of good against evil. And so Captain America chooses to give it to the Falcon, who receives it 
And then he gives it away. He gives it away. Why? Because he just, he said, it just didn't feel right. And so there was this fear, there was this insecurity. He said, it just didn't feel like it's me. You know what he was doing? The falcon was settling. He was settling for what he had instead of receiving more of what was in store for him. And then you know what happens? Because the shield, he gave it away, somebody else starts to use the shield. And at least for the Sevilla home, me and my daughters, there was this groan of frustration whenever this somebody else was using the shield. Can you identify with me if you watch this show? Everybody, the whole fandom erupted in this frustration. Who is this somebody else carrying the shield? Why is it not the falcon? Why is it not the falcon? And I think that you and I are like the falcon so many times. There is a call of God in your life, and yet you give it away. You run, or you disqualify yourself simply because of doubt, fear, or because you settle. And I, and I know, because I, I, I'm there with you, I, especially this settling. There are some times when I believe that the Christian faith is simply a spectator event where I just watch somebody else do their thing and I just sit in the bleachers. Can you identify with that? It's settling. Meanwhile, the Bible says that there are good works planned in advance for you to do. And so you know who I'm thankful for in this show? I'm thankful for Bucky, the guy on the left. Because Bucky is this, he is this voice that continue to speak, continually speaks to the falcon and says, would you pick up the shield already? Pick up the shield already. Pick up the shield. And so when he does, you can hear the entire fandom erupt in joy. Because now the falcon is embracing his purpose. There are some of you here today, you need to hear this from me. Because you know the task that's puts ahead, that God has put ahead in front of you. And it's time for you to embrace your purpose. Hear this from me. Pick up the shield. Pick up the shield. Pick up the shield. And yet there's this doubt, there's this fear, there's this settling. And yet there's a voice of Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit that says, pick up the shield, embrace your purpose. And so I know that you're not exempt from suffering, but I also know that there's this restorative power of heaven present in Jesus Christ at work in you. And I think that it's only fitting that today is Pentecost Sunday because I'm going to ask you to do something courageous. And when you do this something that's courageous, I'm going to ask for the Holy Spirit's filling upon you. And what I'm going to ask is that, and we're just going to take it slow for a few moments here. If there's a sense of the task or the purpose that's before you, and you have been living out doubt or fear or settling, in a few moments, or even as we continue now, this something courageous is for you to be able to stand as a way of you 
simply saying yes to Jesus. So you don't have to do that now, but may you sense this tug. And when you sense it and you want to stand, I invite you to do it as a way of you saying yes. And so I just want to mention a few things here. Maybe for you, it's time to embrace what God has put out before you. Maybe something in keeping with what's happening in the Gowanus Canal, maybe it's time for you to start caring or participating in the environment. I see you, brother, who's standing. I see you. Maybe it's time that you truly come out of being silent so that you can start fighting for racial justice in our city. Maybe it's time for you to pick up greater responsibility at work that you've been shying away from. And so even as I mention a few things now, if you feel and sense this invitation to stand, I invite you to do so. Maybe for you, it's not so much taking greater responsibility at work. Maybe it's actually time to take on less work so that you can be with Jesus or be with your family. Or maybe it's time to lead a small group or begin to finally teach. Or maybe it's simply being radically generous because you know, because you sense this invitation. When you stand, it doesn't mean that you are certain of what the future holds. When you stand, it simply means that you are trusting yourself in the hands of the restorative, resurrecting power of Jesus. I'm just going to give it a few moments, and then I'd like to pray for those who are standing. And then if you're sitting, it could be that you've already said yes to this. And so you don't need to stand. Or simply because you are not ready, and that's okay too. But for those of you who are standing, receive the filling of the Holy Spirit of God now. Receive the Holy Spirit of God who was poured out at Pentecost but who is still continually poured out even today, even now. Receive the filling of the Holy Spirit of God upon your life. May you embrace the purpose that God has for you. You didn't think that a marvel shield was so spiritual. Hear these words. Pick up the shield. And so, Father, for my brothers and sisters standing now, Father, I pray an anointing upon them now, God. I pray for your powerful, restorative grace upon them now, God. Fill them with your Holy Spirit now. Fill them with courage. Fill them with boldness. Fill them, God, with a power that overcomes fear, doubt, and settling. 
And I pray these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Rich can come to the front. Before we close, we're going to sing a song together. And so I'm going to invite you to stand with us. And let's just sing this song that we sang earlier. Let praises rise from the inside, from the inside of me. May you delight in the inside, in the inside of me. Come fill my life from the inside, from the inside of me. Send me on fire from the inside, from the inside of me, cause all I want is for you, for you to be glorified, for you to be For you to be lifted high Fill my life till all they see Is you, Lord, glorify your name Fill my heart till all they see Is you, Lord, Yes, Lord, let's lift our hands. It's for you, for you to be glorified, for you to be lifted high. All I want is for you, for you to be glorified. That's our prayer. Let's sing it again. Hands lifted, all I want. That's our prayer, Lord. Amen. That's our prayer, Lord, for you to be glorified in our lives. Let's thank God for Pastor Red who led us and...
taught us today. Do you know who you are? You are a visual of the future. And I love what this passage in Romans says, where it says that the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. All of creation is waiting in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. When you show up, the world rejoices. Now, it's often the case with Christians that when Christians show up, the world goes, oh, no. But when we show up, when we show up in our jobs, when we show up in our homes, when we show up in the neighborhood, we are to live such a life bearing witness to Jesus that when we show up, the world rejoices. They go, the Christians are here. Those marked by love are here. Those marked by kindness and justice are here. The creation is in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. And this is why we need the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit does in us what we cannot do for ourselves and in ourselves. And I'm so grateful that on this Pentecost Sunday, the Holy Spirit is with us to empower us, to do what we cannot do and to be who we cannot be. As we close our service, we're going to have an opportunity for those of you online to have a dialogue, a conversation on what Pastor Red has just led us in. And so we'll have a sermon discussion time for you on Zoom there. Feel free to click on that link. And one of our pastors will be leading that time. So we'd love to have you connect with others uh, and have some good conversation because there's much to chew on with what we have just heard. In addition to that, at the end of the service, I'll be in the porch area. Pastor Red will be in the porch area. This is Red's first time seeing people in person as well. I'm sure he'd love to uh, connect with you at the end of the service. So feel free to uh, connect for a little bit, uh, hang out. It's a beautiful day outside, uh, and we'll be looking forward to connecting. And for those of you watching online, I can't wait for the you new lifers who have not been here yet on Sunday uh, to join us either next Sunday or the week after. We are, we have returned in the name of Jesus. Amen. And it is good to be in the house of God, singing praises to our Lord. What a gift it is. Amen. Amen. For those of you watching or maybe some of you online, maybe you're hearing your heart being stirred today and you hear the voice of Jesus calling your name. And we want to give you an opportunity to respond. On the screen there and on the screen behind me, there should be a a phone number that if you sense God calling you to step into relationship with Jesus Christ, we want you to text the phrase, yes to Jesus. And one of our pastors will be in touch with you to help you start your journey. Uh, and we don't want you to do it alone. We want to be a community around you, surrounding you to help you take your next step. And so feel free to text uh, yes to Jesus to that number so that we can serve you along those lines. As we close our service, let me invite you to open your hands towards heaven to receive a blessing, whether you're watching online or in this room, we end this gathering in a posture of receiving. 
receiving the blessing of God, out of which we offer the blessing of God to the world around us. And so with your hands and your hearts in a posture of receiving, brothers and sisters and sons and daughters of the living God, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you and fill you with peace. And may you walk out of this building and out of this online gathering in the power of the Holy Spirit, knowing exactly who you are. You are sons and daughters of the living God, and the creation is eagerly expecting your revealing. May you take your place. May you pick up that shield. May you bear witness to the name of Jesus Christ. I bless you all in the strong, in the beautiful, in the resurrected name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said, amen. Grace and peace to you all. For those of you in this room, feel free to have a seat for one moment. Pastor Jackie will come up and she'll give some parting words and then dismiss you. For those of you online, we'll see you next week. Grace and peace to you.